One thing I will uh, say before we get into the lesson this morning is that uh, on Good Friday, and I, I confess I don't know the date, but on Good Friday, that Friday before, uh, before Easter, thank you, April 19th, we are invited to go to Oak Park. Church of Christ, for their Good Friday service. They've been doing this for years and years and years. You'll remember that last year, uh, because they had a brand new preacher, I was able to convince that person that we should do it here instead uh, and invite them over. And so they came over. There were a lot of folks here, actually, from Oak Park that came last year. We had a great service. It was absolutely wonderful. And I'm sure they're going to do a great job as well uh, on April 19th. And so please, I think it's at 10 o'clock, and make plans. Uh, on Good Friday to be at the Oak Park Church of Christ for their uh, Good Friday service. I think you're going to be blessed if you choose to do that. So this is always a weird Sunday. Uh, You know, every year when we do something with the clocks, you know, in, in fall you fall back, in spring you spring forward, right? So you move your clocks forward. And inevitably, there's always somebody who shows up late because they didn't move their clocks forward. So that happened this morning already. I'm not going to name any names? That would be rude. So I won't do that. But there were people who missed first service or whatever because they didn't get their clocks moved forward. And I, I've always thought this is interesting that they do this on Sundays, right? They do this on Sundays because nobody works on Sundays, right? So they think nobody, nobody can, can blow it and miss work because it's Sunday. So they move the clock forward then. But you know who could miss work on Sunday if he didn't set his clock forward? Yours truly, and Jonathan and others, you know. So last Sunday morning, I was running a little bit late. And uh, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing on Sunday morning, getting ready. Took my shower. I'm getting dressed. And all of a sudden, I looked at the clock. And then all of a sudden, I thought, <gasps> is this the Sunday we're supposed to move our clocks forward? And I didn't know. So I went running around the house. Robin was upstairs. Robin! Robin! Robin, where are you? Robin! Robin! She thinks maybe... The house has been hit by a plane or something, you know. She and so I was, I was frantic, and and then I, so and then Megan hears me and she's thinking, "What is Dad? She's in the shower. She's thinking, "What is Dad doing?" So she turns the shower. She runs and opens the door and says, "Dad, what's wrong?" I said, "Is this the Sunday we're supposed to move our clocks forward?" And she said, "Well, look at your phone." <laughs> so I did. Looked at my phone. And everything was cool. It was all fine. But there for an instant, I panicked. So some of you may have had that kind of panicky feeling this morning. You're not the only ones who have it, for sure. Um, Adam and Eve talked with God. In the garden, the cool of the day, Adam and Eve talked with God. God spoke with Noah. Now, I have to confess, whenever I think about God speaking to Noah, I tend to hear Bill Cosby's voice. (laughs) And those of you who are old will know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, God spoke with Abraham. God spoke with Moses on lots of occasions. He would come and meet him, not only on the mountain, but he would come and meet him at at the door way of the tabernacle when it was still just a tabernacle. God would come and talk to Moses. He would talk to Aaron. God spoke to the judges. 
to Gideon, told him about the fleece. Put that fleece out there. God spoke to Samuel. God spoke to David. He spoke to the prophets. God spoke to John the Baptist and said, you are going to be the forerunner. You're the the one who's going to fulfill the prophecy of Malachi. You're going to be in the place of Elijah, and you're going to come before the um, promised Messiah. God spoke to anyone who was there and who heard it, and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And it, it says in the text, and those there... They heard him speak. They weren't exactly sure what went on. Some said it thundered. God spoke to us specifically through Jesus who comes incarnate into the world. And he speaks, in that sense, face to face with humankind. He spoke to Philip. Philip, I want you to go over here and I want you to talk to this Ethiopian fellow who's come up here to Jerusalem to worship. He's on his way back. I want you to go talk to him. I want you to speak words that I have for him to hear. God spoke to Paul on numerous occasions. Uh, The vision about the man from Macedonia probably is as clear in our minds as any. But there's one instance. I I just want us to see this this morning. If you're looking at at the Bible underneath the seats, I want you to uh, turn to page 781. If it's your own Bible, Acts 13, 1 through 3. And this is just so wonderful. What God does here. In Acts 13, and this is right at the end of chapter 12. So in verse 25 of chapter 12, it says, When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord... And fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now clearly, it seems to me, I I mean, I suppose we could try and dispute this, but I don't know how we could. Clearly to me, it seems as though God is quite apt to, desirous of, speaking with his people. Like God likes to talk to us, it would seem. Countless times in the Old Testament, he came to his people and he spoke. In the New Testament, God would come and he would speak. And it wasn't just to the apostles or something. These guys at the beginning of Acts chapter 13, it says there were teachers there. It names them. But it doesn't say that they were something special. It would appear as though God spoke to the church in Antioch and said, do this. And they heard his voice. The Holy Spirit was speaking and they heard him. And they, in fact, responded. If you go through and read the next few verses there, they sent Paul and Barnabas out in response to the Holy Spirit's message. The Holy Spirit sends them on their way, in fact. So this is interesting, that God speaks. And this morning, because we're talking about connecting, I want to ask the very specific question, what about to you and me? What about to you and me? And this is interesting because it's a bit controversial for us. Even I mentioned to Robin what I was speaking on this week, and she said, you know, that's a little bit controversial. And indeed, it is a bit controversial. But you certainly can't say it's not biblical to talk about whether or not God speaks to the people he wants to speak to. Because in Scripture, he clearly does. 
So that's kind of interesting. And I must say, I wrestle with this. You know, most of the time when I come and I speak on Sunday mornings, I, you know, I've studied the text, I've read the things I wanted to read, I've put this together, and, and I'm pretty confident about the things that I'm saying. But I have to admit that in the question of does God speak to us, there's a little bit of anxiety in me. Um, I, like for one thing, I don't want us after the sermon this morning, everybody running out going, God speaks to me constantly now, I hear everything from the Lord, and now we've got all these messages, and maybe conflicting ones, about whether or not God speaks to us. And so I wrestle with this, maybe with a little bit less confidence than I often have, but I think we need to address the question this morning, because connecting with God, being in relationship with Him, certainly raises the question if when I talk to him, does he talk back? When I attempt to relate to him, does he try to relate to me as well? Does God want to speak to me as a person the way that I somehow or usually desire and long to speak with him? It's a legitimate question for sure. I can't find, and here's kind of the first thing I think I... It's not surprising to me. It's just so striking. I can't find anything in Scripture to make me think that God doesn't or won't speak to us. If I just ask the question, is there something here that I would find in the New Testament that would say, clearly God does not speak to us today? What passage would that be? And I wrestle with that. I can't find one. I've seen things that maybe hint in that way, but certainly nothing clear. And usually I just look at those passages and think, actually, they're not really saying that. So at first glance, then, as I think about this, it makes sense to me that God desires, in fact, to speak to us. That he wants to be in relationship with us. But of course, that doesn't solve all the problems. Because indeed, this continues to be questioned. And the fact is, I question it in my own heart. I question it every time someone comes to me and says something about how God spoke to them. And this happens not infrequently. Like I'll have people occasionally come and say, God spoke to me, Kelly, and he seemed to be saying this. Well, what do I do with that? Did God speak to them or did he not? They think that he did. Did he? And the fact is, when I ask that question, I don't really have a clear way of even discerning the answer. But this does, in fact, happen. Uh, I remember a time when a young man came to me. This was when I was in California working as a youth ministry. He came to me and he said, "Um, Kelly, I think God has called me to preach. God has called me to go into ministry. He's called me to preach. And, of course, people always talk about the call. Okay, so has he received a call to preach? Well, I mean, I can't get inside his head and hear what he heard or anything like that. I can tell you that this fellow, and it's, it's rather unfortunate actually, he'd been an, an orphan, an orphaned as a small boy, and grew up in, in an orphan system, the social system within California. And at one point, while he was a foster child or you know, kind of in the system, he contracted a staph infection in his mouth. And for whatever reason, maybe someone wasn't taking care of him the way they should have. I don't know what was going on there. But the the infection was so bad that it kind of altered the whole configuration of his mouth and the way in which he spoke. And he could not speak clearly. He he didn't speak clearly. And and the fact is, he, he kind of drooled all over the place as he spoke. 
And, and he was saying, and I understand his desire here, he was saying that God had called him to preach and to, and to go into full-time ministry. Now, I'm the first one to admit that you don't have to be a great speaker in order to be in ministry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and the fact is that there have been many people who have served the Lord without even the ability to speak at all. And, and someone like Paul, if you would ask Paul, well, are you a great public speaker? Paul would have said, are you kidding? Uh, and he goes to 2 Corinthians and says, even though I can't speak well, and even though you recognize this about me, can we not at the same time recognize some things that we need to do with the gospel? So Paul himself wasn't a, a great public speaker. I get all of that. But still, it'd be ha- I'd be hard-pressed to say that the Lord had called him into that specific ministry. The Lord could call him into all kinds of things, but a preaching ministry probably wasn't one of them. And I, I, oh, you know, I, I just pray that I would be hearing this right from the Lord, but I, I just think that's probably not where he would be going. Now, I, again, maybe I'm the one who's dull. Maybe I can't hear here. But, but that's one instance. Um, you know, every now and then there'll be, and maybe this would have happened to me when I was a young man, some other young man would come to me and say, you know what, I think God has spoken to me and told me I need to marry the, the most beautiful girl in, in town who lives hap- down the street here. It's interesting that it would be the most beautiful girl in town that God had told him to marry. I told the first service, Robin was sitting here, and I said, as it turned out, God actually said that message to me, and I did it. Huh? Sly. <laughs> Well, I have to question that. Sometimes people have motives that aren't exactly pure when they say that they've heard from the Lord. Now, the fact is, because we live in an empirical, rationalistic kind of time period, we don't always think so much about the notion of God speaking to us anyway. We tend to be a bit more rational, and I said, and empirical about that. Maybe we're a little bit removed from such ideas as there even being those spiritual forces that would speak to us. So that even as Christians, we wrestle with it. And of course, we have the Bible in front of us. We tend to think in terms of the scriptures, absolutely answering all the needs. God gave us the scriptures. Why would he speak to us again? He already gave us the Bible, which I think is very reasonable. Um, the problem is, is that sometimes the Bible doesn't speak to my specific circumstance. I could say, Lord, I'm wanting to know whether or not I should do this. And the Bible well, may well not speak exactly to that circumstance. And so that sometimes we continue to look for answers. And again, I haven't seen anything in the scriptures that say, no, I'm not going to speak to you. Well, there are at least three basic problems here that might even give us more pause than that. And it's things like this. The disparate claims as to what God says. And what I mean by that is, Sometimes people have differences of opinion about what God may have said to them. And I've had this happen. I've had people come to me and say, God told me that this is the way we were supposed to go on a certain thing. And somebody else said, God told me that we're supposed to go this, another direction. Or maybe God told me, I thought, that we're supposed to go in a certain direction with something. And then I can sit across the table from Kevin Clark and he might say, God told me Something exactly opposite. So we have disparate claims. What do we do when people are saying, God told me this, and somebody else says, God told me this? And don't think it doesn't happen. And so that's a problem. That, that causes us to say, well, maybe he didn't speak to either one. Which is reasonable. It's also so difficult to evaluate. Again, somebody comes and says, God spoke to me, and he told me this. 
How do I know that's true? How do I know that that person didn't actually just hear the voice inside their own head? And how is it that they themselves determined whether or not this was God or the voice inside their own head? Very difficult to evaluate exactly what's going on when someone says, and God spoke to me and said. Okay, so that's a tough one as well. It causes us to pause. If we haven't heard him, we think that everyone's experience is our own. And this is just as much a problem as the first two there. Because if I never hear from God in some kind of voice where I say, I've heard from the Lord then I can easily assume that everybody else's experience is just like mine. And it may be that it is. It may be that it's not at all. And in fact, maybe I'm the problem. It's very difficult to say. Well, all of this causes a problem in that we end up not seeking to listen. I think that's maybe a big problem. Because we have those questions about the authenticity, about whether or not God does this, what did he say if he did speak, because we have those difficulties trying to track down exactly what is going on here, all of that, I think, causes us to tend not to seek and listen. And I think that's a problem. I would say that too often we're not open. We're not experienced, actually, in listening. And in many cases, we don't even know how. Which, if you think about it, all of that in itself could be a great reason why we don't hear. Because we're just not used to this. This is not our practice. And maybe we at least need to think about it enough to give God opportunity to do something with this if he wants to. So what do we need to say about this then? What do we need to say about the idea of God speaking to us? Well, first of all, it seems to me that this shouldn't surprise us, all the questions. And the reason why is because there's mystery involved. God seems, even in the case when he speaks to Jesus or speaks to the people around Jesus and says, this is my son, listen to him. Even then, people still said, what was that? Did it thunder? What's going on? And God leaves himself, it would seem, some kind of mystery here. And that just makes sense. It's God we're dealing with. We can't even see him face to face. We're currently, in fact, as scripture says, looking into a mirror dimly, not face to face. There's so much about God that remains a mystery to us. If that's the case, then sure, it makes sense we would wrestle with this, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't do it. It doesn't mean that he doesn't speak. It may mean that I have to wrestle with this for sure, but it doesn't mean that he does not speak. In fact, it's interesting. We've looked at this passage several times now, but if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we won't do that right now, but if you did look there, what you would find is Paul talking about how spiritual things are understood by spiritual people. People have a spiritual mind. People understand spiritual language coming from the Holy Spirit because their spirit and God's spirit comes together. That's why Paul says in Romans 8, the spirit comes 
and he translates what's on our hearts when we don't have the right words. So there's this spiritual event that constantly is going on between those who are spiritual and God. Still, it's mystery, but it's indeed spiritually grounded in who God is. God seems to be doing that. And I just can't limit what God might choose to do by his spirit. Scripture says that he does. There are reasons that we may not hear from him that can be overcome, I would say. And so it makes sense to me that there are certain things in our lives that might prevent us from hearing when really we should be listening and we should be hearing. And what I want to do right now is I want to just stop and and give you a chance to give some input here because this is not hard. What are some things, church, speak back to me here, what are some things that might well inhibit us from being able to hear from the Lord when he wants to speak to us? This is not hard. What's that? Absolutely sin. Like if sin gets in the way, it may be that we can't hear God. In fact, again, 1 Corinthians 2 talks about how it's spiritual people with a spiritual mind who hear from the Spirit, connect with the Spirit, connect through the Spirit. And if you don't have that spiritual mind, if it's a sinful mind instead, like Paul would talk about in Romans chapter 8, you're not going to hear. Okay? What else? Doubt? Yeah, absolutely doubt. Doubt about you, yourself. Doubt about God. Doubt about the church. Doubt about his power. Doubt about the future. There's lots of reasons why we might not hear. What's that? We ignore it. We can easily ignore it. God might be hitting us in the side of the head with a two-by-four, and we're just not going to listen. That is very true. What's that? Fear could, absolutely fear could do it, Leanne. Like sometimes we, we're scared to death of what God might say to us. What if, God, what if God actually spoke to me and called me to be transformed in some way that I'm not about to be transformed? I don't want that to happen in my life. Then it's easy for me to just shut off the hearing aids. Not going to listen. Okay, yeah, we don't take time. Absolutely. In fact, in the first service, John Casella was talking about how he said, I'm so busy. And, and he said, I don't mean like I'm too busy to pray. <laughs> I just mean there are things constantly happening where if I don't stop and take the time, I'll never hear. You, you know what it's like when there's something going on around you and everything is just so busy. Sometimes you have to turn the radio down so you can hear something else. Or maybe turn the radio up so you can hear it louder and actually hear it because everything else is going on around you. Like these things get in our way of hearing all the time. So our sinfulness certainly will inhibit our ability to hear. Sometimes we haven't been sufficiently transformed and renewed in our minds so that we could actually hear his will and determine his will. We're distracted. His voice gets drowned out. He may choose in some cases to be silent, but still speaking to us. Speak to us in the silence. I think of Moses having to not look at God and God's not in the storm. Where is he? He's just in the silence. Passes by. That's where Moses comes in contact with God. We don't know him well enough. That can be the case. Babies, in fact, are ignorant. There's so many things they don't know. John would have Jesus put it in these words, that the shepherd is known by his sheep and we hear his voice. But what if you don't know the shepherd? 
We may not sufficiently trust. It could be that worry drowns him out and keeps us from hearing. We may be, he may be wishing for us to find the answer through our understanding of Scripture, especially when the question is not specific to us. That becomes a problem. And so he wants us to look at Scripture. We look at Scripture, and Scripture can speak to us, but sometimes Scripture doesn't come with that specific answer. And so we just need to be listening and attentive. There's all kinds of things that might keep us from being able to hear well what God wants us to say. And this morning, I want us to try and set all that aside. And just ask the question, should I be hearing from God? The relational nature of our connection with him seems to me like it wouldn't be one-sided. Like it never has been in history that it's just one-sided. We saw that earlier. And so it makes just sense to me that God would wish to communicate us, communicate to us and to speak. So let me give you some advice for listening to God, specifically in prayer. Uh, we've talked about prayer, the importance of this, of course. <laughs> talked about it lots recently. And I just want to just quickly give you some things here. Now, I don't normally like to put slides up on the screen that have a whole bunch of bullet points on them. Pretty hard to see, pretty hard to comprehend. So you might want to take your phone out and take a picture of this, okay? Um, and, and by the way, it was interesting. Jonathan, uh, when he made the announcements today, uh, he had that, that stair step, all of those blue tags, and said, go to the website, and he even gave you the, the little uh, QR code where you can go to the website. You can just go to the website and look in the right place, and you're going to find all those little banners. And Hope has already taken this next slide and put that up there. So if you were to, at any point, even, even now, but don't do it now, uh, look at your phones, you would, you'd see that already on the website um, because it's just so easy and convenient for us to do that. But here are some things that have to do with listening and connecting with God that I think make this maybe easier. For example, expect answers. And so often we don't. Sometimes I think we pray, and, and what we think is that we have measured up to a duty while well, I've prayed about it. And then we don't expect God to do anything. And all the while, I think God wants to do something. We need to expect answers. Pray for answers. I love it when someone, I'm with a group of people or someone is praying and they say, Lord, thank you for answering this prayer. Even before they've heard the answer. Because they're expectant and they know that he's going to answer the prayer. We need to pray for answers. Spend time in scripture. God obviously is going to speak to us through his word. We need to read it and read it and read it and read it and pray over it and wait for the spirit to show us what he wants us to see. There's so many wonderful wonderful words that God communicates specifically to his children through scripture. We need to use it for what it is. Listen to spiritually wise people. There are people around us who know the Lord so well, so much more experienced than what we have, and we can learn and grow from these spiritually wise people. And the Lord will use them to speak to you. But of course, he can't do it if you don't ask. Possess an attitude of trust, and we need to, we need to be trustful people trusting God that he really does want to be in relationship with us connect with us communicate with us uh, and I believe that he will be patient may not happen immediately 
We live in an, an age in which we can get answers immediately off the internet. We don't need God. And so we can just look up the internet and get, it would seem, so many things and get it suddenly or, or instantly, I should say. And God, of course, wants us to be patient and let him in his own good time to give us the kind of answers he wants to give. And, and this, one, this point here is, is so crucial. And we don't do this as well as we should. We need to learn more about this discipline. But be quiet and still so that you can hear. You know, most of the time what we do with our prayers is that we talk, we talk, we talk to God, and then as soon as we get done talking, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. Rather than being willing to listen and have that frame of mind where you are for those moments still and quiet and with the Lord and listening, and then there's a chance that he might well come to us. Watch for trends and opportunities. The courses, the course of events, this could be God. And you know, the old line about when God closes a door, he opens a window. And he does sometimes do that. And so we need to recognize the course of events and what's happening. Look for trends in your life. What is God speaking to you? What's he saying to you through those trends? And then I want you to make sure that you check for self-centeredness and selfishness. It's so easy for us to allow these things to waylay our communication from God. Recognize that the easier desired answer may not be the answer. Um, Almost all of us, when we ask for something, we tend to have a, a, a desire of how things might go. Lord, would you please do this? And maybe God wants to do something exactly the opposite. But we don't want to hear that. And our hearts aren't really open to that. And then recognize your capacity for self-deception because we can easily deceive ourselves into getting what we want when maybe all the while God just wants to do something else. Well, I don't know. Again, I wrestle with this. I I don't want to be someone who is irrational. I don't want to be someone who stands outside of God's will because I was so willing to listen to the voice in my own head and then call it God. But I also don't want to miss it when God chooses to come to me and to speak to me as Scripture reveals over and over and over and over and over again Him doing with His people. Does he want to do that with us? If he does, I want to be ready. I want to be open. I want to hear. And I want you to be too. Let's pray. Lord, uh, this is a hard one. In fact, right now, I I almost feel like what we need to do is just kind of sit in silence. And, and wait for you. Bless us that in our, our moments of connecting with you that we will do as much listening as we will talking. We pray that our minds and our hearts would be the kind of spiritually in tune minds and hearts the way Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 2 that we can actually receive the spiritual words from you. And where there are barriers that prevent us from hearing, smash them. Get rid of those barriers. 
And when we're simply ignorant, unknowing about how to do this, bring us understanding. Help us to dwell in you and connect in, with you in a way that, that allows us to hear. Father, we want to be discerning here. Help us to be discerning by your Spirit. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.